Hello, dear listeners. This is Ivona Remundová in True Story, podcast powered by Institute of Documentary Film in Prague. Today, I'm talking to Vlad Ketkovic from Moscow. Hello, Vlad. Hello, Ivona. Thanks to the cooperation with Institute of Documentary Film, you made some projects already. We know each other for some time. The first question already starting really sharp. Why are you cooperating with the Western or European uh, companies? Why is it so difficult to shoot films in Russia? No, historically, for me, it was... Um, Like when I started learning ways uh, how production works uh, in Russia, it is like sort of extensive scheme in a way. Like mostly people would get money from one source, and this is Ministry of Culture. And then I just observed that many producers uh, sort of live from this um, budget of, of the film and leave just some maybe smaller amount to the film itself and uh, it was just weird because from my like understanding the uh, better to earn from the film and in order to earn from the film you have to invest in your film so with this hard question in my head I, I looked at Europe at Europe uh, in a way and uh, I started uh, participating at some uh, uh, pitching events um, just starting to learn uh, the industry how it works in Europe and Basically, this is when I ran into the Institute of Documentary Film. It was one of my first accountant because uh, one of the first workshops I did, it was within uh, Exorient uh, workshop and it is associated with the Institute of Documentary Film. And I started participating in East European Forum since uh, my first years when I just had some projects that were interesting from my perspective could be interested for European uh, or international audience wider. Of course, Prague and March uh, is a quite obvious place, especially for um, Eastern uh, European countries that I hope Russia belong to. Uh, so this was my like way of thinking. But so initially, I wanted to just work more a more normal way, not to live from my film, but rather find partners, maybe bring more money to the film, produce better quality film, try to sell it, like work more like as a producer on a world uh, meaning of this word, like uh, like real producer, invest in the film, produce good quality film, entertain good for the audience so that it could be seen and then earn from the film. So this was my desire. And in Europe, I just found uh, that people do exactly like this. Uh, I did not have to go far. <laughs> so I started with the Poland. Uh, it was Dragon Forum by that time with the Dora Toroszkowska and East um, European Forum in Prague and Baltic Sea Forum. There were three uh, forums in Eastern Europe that are quite close to like uh, Russia and they 
took projects from Russia. That was also important because, like, for example, I still never been to into Barcelona pitch. <laughs> they maybe care less about <laughs> what's going on in Russia. But these countries that are close, that are in Eastern European countries, of course, they want uh, to take Russian projects. And uh, at the same, soon after, like, you, let's say I started in 2010, uh, this international activity, and my first film was very innocent. It was about wild honey, uh, how people uh, produce wild honey in the forest in Bashkiria. And there was one Polish guy who wanted to learn the skills because in Poland, there used to be also wild uh, honey harvesting, but then Hitler came and the killed all the beehivers, so all the people who did, did this, and now they want to restore this uh, skill in uh, profession in Poland, and in order to do it, they went to Bashkiria, it's in the Russian Ural Mountains, where um, this uh, profession is. And sort of we tried to do this, um, like, uh, the film about this. It looks like international. <laughs> And but very as um, the, from now I see uh, I, I smile how innocent actually it was because soon after I had to turn into more uh, like risky topics so to say just because I worry about the situation in my country and what's going on in Russia so since something 2014 I think. I am uh, also trying to do so-called like resistance films, whatever, like films in, uh, to show the real situation in Russia, not the, like uh, the propaganda, but because documentary is a very good skill for showing the real people, the real situations where we are at um, this time in Russia. And because we are getting more and more into autocratic, whatever, like FSB controlled, um, situation unfortunately in the country uh, more and more far from um, democracy uh, it worried me and I just started to do this kind of film and once I started doing those kind of films I would say the cooperation even grew with European partners and uh, it was uh, sort of the nerve that uh, um, was uh, really playing in, in Europe, so to say, or a string, uh, yeah? And uh, this is when I could uh, find partners and, and support and even some first money funds, it for Berta fund or whatever. And on any case uh, of my, like any film I did, uh, always Institute of Documentary Film in Czech was the must, like I would say. Because for a Czech people, for EDF, at least uh, the topics that I raised uh, in my like political so-called films, they seem to be important for your uh, selectors, uh, for your committees. And it just happened that many of my films were welcomed at the East European Forum. And uh, I had the chance to uh, present them, to find partners, to pitch, to talk, improve trailers, like all this variety of services provided by the EDF. So let's go back to the, from the not risky business to the risky business uh, style of your producing. I assume that it was Pavlensky Life Naked from Daria Krenova, the first film with the 
risky or very... I would mention one more film that we released before. It was called Ola's Love. And it had its premiere at uh, International Film Festival in Amsterdam. It was about lesbian couple, girls, who were protesting against the law. Uh, because in that year, 2013, I think it was, the Russian Duma, state Duma, uh, they launched a law against propaganda of homosexualism something like this but in reality of course it was just discrimination uh, law against lgbt because it was like uh, showing that lgbt are not normal uh, people and, not accepted uh, yeah 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 and these two girls they were like participating in the protest and then we had the third girl is for the story so it, it just turned out to be quite a good film so this uh, all is love i would call uh, maybe first protest film or political film that i released uh, and it was uh, good well welcomed it was made with austrian co-production already and uh, amsterdam it was good premiere so it, it was quite good and then yes it was uh, pavlensky and then my question is when you remember these days when you were deciding to do such films uh can one imagine that this is the step to a new field? This is a step to a new, you know, like a time of your life when you're going to be the one who is going to be seen as a, the producer of resistant movies or the one maybe against regime producer. Could you imagine that time that this is your life now? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was never for me like uh, something like a decision that, okay, from tomorrow I'm a fighter <laughs> and I like go against the regime. I cannot stand it anymore. I do what I can to... <laughs> Uh, it was just natural because I, uh, uh, as a, not even as a producer, but as a common citizen of my country, I just uh, started noticing that something went wrong you know, uh, in the beginning of 2010, I, I would say. Maybe it was, we had this big protest in 2012 at Bolotnaya Square. Uh, the elections were falsificated and uh, then we had the same president for like 20 years and uh, and the situation just got worse and worse in terms of uh, democracy, in terms of um, human rights, in terms of freedom of speech. That was very important for me. And I have to um, explain that I was born in 1971 and my strongest impressions from my youth was that deliberation from this fucking USSR complete like bullshit like that it was uh, difficult to live when you understand the reality and i still re remember the soviet um, country and it was very strange like i was a young uh, pioneer like all, all this komsomol member all this like um, uh, shit and uh, then we had this uh, revolution, actually. I mean, uh, thanks God, it was no very little people killed, but it was a revolution. It was in the air. It was a very intense um, uh, feeling that uh, happened in, in my lifetime. And uh, uh, 
since then I never like doubted because it was like everywhere. It was in the rock music. It was in people. We had like hundreds of thousands of people in the streets. Like when the the whole processes went. I remember tanks in the streets when uh, of Moscow. I mean, right? Uh, I could look from the window when I was like 16 and saw tanks going in the streets uh, that I grew on. Uh, so it was very intense feeling and uh, I since that time I really share the democracy, freedom of speech, uh, human rights, like all these values are normal for me and they are like inside me because uh, you know when you are very young boy, goal, whatever, when you are very young and you have all this process, it's like a revolution and it's um, it's a very, it brings you very deep um, like uh, impact on, on, on the whole like uh, life. Uh, so uh, for me, these values are very important. And when I started noticing that in Russia, sort of things are going back, to the maybe not to the complete USSR, but semi semi USSR, FSB controlled, like uh, secret police controlled, and less and less like and and now you see what's going on now. I mean, now we don't have uh, free press. Almost everything is repressed. We have this. Uh, um, foreign agents the whole system of like uh, the government assigns people that is very similar to enemy of nation in the in the soviet time we had this during stalin time repressions this is like some certain part of the population is tagged with like that you are a foreign agent that is enemy of the country or whatever yes yeah, so could i ask you a little bit more about this because this is maybe something people heard about but they don't know exactly what does it mean so you as a producer when you finance your films from abroad you have to have in your name of your production company foreign agent what does it mean for the moment no i don't have it because we sort of uh, thanks god still uh, culture sphere that is um, that is filmmaking especially documentary filmmaking is sort of in the shadow of their like uh, searchlights they are more with media. I think about several tens of uh, journalists, especially investigative journalists, are already tagged with this foreign agent. A lot of organizations, I think about 200 uh, overall is the list of this. But it is more with the human rights organizations, organizations that do investigative journalism, uh, independent media resources or platforms, and persons, journalists. That is ridiculous. We filmmakers, for the moment, we stay a little bit away, but any day, any day, literally, I can, after any of premiere of my, like, whatever, upcoming film, or if they check one of my previous films, I can be invited uh, to to be a, a foreign agent, and then I will have to start any of my publication, even in Facebook, with this five-line uh, uh, announcement that I am a foreign agent, and the information that I provide is provided by a foreign agent. That is so ridiculous, actually, because I love my country. I am not a foreign agent, and if even if I uh, get some um, 
foreign money, it is normal weight. It is like a co-production. It is uh, like uh, some money I can get here. It is if we do political films, let's say it's maybe not money. I will not ask for money from the state for a film about Pavlensky, for example, right? But still, we invest our own uh, efforts, time, uh, we do video, and then I go abroad, and there I find money for editing, for post-production, whatever. So it, it, it is a cooperation. But yes, in modern reality, in Russia, I can be called a foreign agent because I am using, no, using uh, foreign money, even though I'm... You know how production works. It's not that even I'm using it. The money, in most of the cases, they stay in the country of the co-producer. So it is the film uses foreign money, but not me. I am not like smoking cigars <laughs> <laughs> and sitting on a beach in Miami thinking about my partners in Europe. It's not like that. It's just... Uh, it's good for the film that I have partners and they can, that I can finish film. Vladislav Ketkovich is a film producer based in Moscow, Russia. In 2000, he founded the now well-established film production company Etnofund, supporting not only the Russian documentary landscape, but also international productions coming to Russia and ex-Soviet countries to shoot. Since 2010, his film company has produced over 20 documentaries, both independently and internationally. These films were shown on various TV channels throughout the world and became participants and winners at exclusive international film festivals. He graduated from a number of European production seminars, including EAVE and X-Orient Film Workshop. His film, Town of Glory, directed by Dmitry Boguliobov, received a main East Doc Platform Award in 2017. The film came to be part of the East Silver Caravan catalog and received many awards over the festival circuits. His most recent film, Life of Ivana, premiered at CPH Docs and received the Grand Prix in the documentary competition at Zurich Film Festival. Let's talk a bit about one of your recent projects, Shaman versus Putin. Can you tell us a little bit more about this already little bit famous story? But uh, I'd yeah, like to hear yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a guy who claimed himself a shaman. I don't think he is even a shaman. He is something like more like a city, what is called like <laughs> city crazy. Like a nice guy, very kind small with his like uh, inner uh, ideas and he just claimed himself to be a shaman and he decided that he has a mission to expel Mr. Putin from Kremlin and he undertook a journey a walking journey from Yakutsk uh, 6,000 kilometers from Moscow he was planning to walk this way until Moscow and to make a ritual at the Red Square uh, to uh, expel uh, President uh, was it like he called it expel demon from Kremlin or demon from the uh, demon from Putin some something to make like some that. exorcism right to, to yeah to make some exorcism but listen I mean hearing this you you understand how naive and how harmless 
actually he is. Uh, I mean, in any, I, I, I was in America in front of White House. There are always bunch of like uh, Indians or pro protesters or uh, jobless people always like saying like, okay, president, get out. <laughs> We are the we are the power here. I mean, in France, I think in any European country, this thing would be not even noticed. Like, um, of course, probably he won't be able to do any ritual with the drum and campfire at the Red Square. <laughs> no way. But but even his intention shows that he is a naive and just a strange guy, but not harmful to you know. But in Russia, uh, you know, even like uh, Putin has said that he, his uh, close friend is a minister of military, uh, Mr. Shoigu, and he is coming from Siberian Republic of Tuva. And uh, uh, people say that they are meeting shamans themselves. So at least they seem to take esoteric seriously. <laughs> I don't know if it was another straight from Mr. President or it was just uh, FSB thinking that okay, something wrong. Why this guy wants to expel our dear president from Kremlin by, by drumming or this must be must be stopped. And they sent like to, um, to of course his procession was quite interesting because it was something like a Forrest Gump uh, run over America at some point. He was like going and more and more people were joining him and he had a great support and he became really internet star and like everybody was watching how far could, could he go on his mission and at some point he was arrested and now his story is very sad actually because he is put under punitive psychiatry for over one year now he is in psycho asylum and recently it was a court hearing and uh, he was still again uh, confessed like uh, insane that he needs some uh, treatment and he is somewhere even his relatives now doesn't don't know where he is and with our traditions of the punitive psychiatry when you know that they can really make uh, meat out of uh, men uh, of course it is very dangerous and we are now already at the rough cut stage with the film and i hope to have it done into next year and uh, to show it to to people and so this is the project what had some other plans like you as a producer you, i guess you planned that he's gonna maybe make it or the the, the march will be uh, longer and i believe i've heard that the one of the solutions for uh, finishing the movie was also make a theater play out of it isn't, isn't yes, it correct yes yeah? yes we wrote a theater play you know we it's like um, it's an interesting production but uh, what i must say because the character himself is really a a little bit strange, maybe dubious, like uh, I could not find uh, European partners because uh, people were I know, probably shy, you know, because the topic he is really, maybe is he sane or insane, and they just did not want to really step in, so we are making it still on our own. But thanks God, I, we have a good director, it is Beata Bubinets. She is half Yakutian, 
she knows Yakutian language. Uh, so for, for me, it was important to offer this uh, work to her because I knew that she would find contact with uh, Alexander Gabashev, the shaman. And this is what happened. And she is talented. And uh, her husband, he is a, a theater playwright. So they also made a play uh, called uh, Shaman versus Putin. And they even staged it at the uh, Doc Theater. Uh, in Moscow, um, and uh, and we also shot that, so it's it's quite quite a story. And now they are making um, a rough cut, so soon I will have a, have a look at it. Uh, among your other resistant movies, I'd like to talk about Life of Ivana uh, because it's your uh, one of your last finished movies and pretty successful. Can you tell us the story of Life of Ivana? Yes, of course. Uh, Life of Ivana, I would not call it like that much of a resistant film, only maybe in that sense that it shows life as it really is, and it was not supported by Russian Ministry of Culture. I tried three times, but uh, in the time of uh, propaganda, unfortunately, the real topics uh, they are sometimes they are not welcomed by on the state level and three times i was rejected so we had to uh, finish the shooting process with our own investments and money and then i got to doc incubator that is also by the way czech i think initiative originally although it takes place in uh, different countries maybe also somehow associated with edf And uh, there we had a very good kick for editing. And then I had uh, three uh, partners, uh, Finnish, Norwegian and Estonian. And with this cooperation, we made really touching film. Of course, main hero is uh, Ivana, the Nenets girl who changed her life. She, we see her at the beginning with five children in the tundra in a small cabin on sledges uh, that she runs with the reindeer. And then during the film, she uh, stops the quits this uh, tundra life, moves, migrates to the city, quits with her drinking husband. So it's a whole life story. And of course, it took four years of um, several expeditions we have to make. And uh, yes, now, recently, we had uh, three days ago, we had the Grand Prix at the film um, festival in uh, Zurich, yeah, we had a main a main documentary prize uh, in the Zurich Film Festival in uh, like uh, winners of documentary competition. That is very fine. And also the film release, we had a common premiere at Hot Dogs and CPH Dogs, great festival. So I'm quite happy with uh, We already have about 10 big, really good festivals like Shanghai, Doc Aviv, uh, the, the Hot Dogs, uh, München. Um, and now Zurich, and uh, this is a very good price. Yeah, so it's a, quite quite a good film. It was made in such an intimate um, man manner by uh, Renato Borayo Serrano, the director, and his wife Dasha Sidorova. Uh, so they managed to have real uh, intimate relations with the character and they could shoot like uh, really close and really everything. And Ivan is such a nice character. So, yeah. What's your plans now? Where the most of your energy goes these days? 
Uh, I am trying to uh, a little bit diverse, and uh, I have a fiction film from uh, Minister of Culture of Russia because the topic was completely non-political. It is a story about oil drillers and the Nenets people and their uh, relation, and it's very interesting story. And now I am invited for Cottbus uh, pitching in Germany, so within. Uh, 20 days I'm uh, going to Germany and will spend five days in a quarantine uh, in a flat <laughs> somewhere in Berlin and only then I go to the Cottbus. Uh, other than this, uh, I am finishing the Shaman film. Now we have one um, political interesting film a uh, political uh, film, it's called The New Greatness. It's a very interesting case, but this I would not talk much a lot. We just invited to the It for Forum, uh, the rough cut screening, and we are doing it with a real professional uh, team in Finland. It is Ikka Verkalakti, who is co-producing uh, quite a famous uh, documentary hero of independent uh, author-driven uh, documentary films and uh, uh, this is important film about how uh, Secret Service uh, allure young people uh, into a fake extremist organization and then blame them of uh, making this extremist organization, but it was completely... Um, what's the word, uh, made up, like these guys without the secret agent, they would not do anything. They probably had some protests, uh, moods in their heads, but nothing more than that. And that guy, he deliberately organized them, made organization, made them to so that according to the law, they became an extremist organization. And they were young people, two young girls, like 18, 19, years old and they were all put to jail so it's a very dramatic uh, human story and uh, the main character will be the mother of one of the girls who became actually made the way from being a housewife to one of the leaders of the protest that is quite a drama uh, turgy uh, way arc for uh, for for a normal common people and this is what state does sometimes in Russia to normal citizens, like uh, the mother never dreamt of any protest activity and she just had to in order to protect her child. So let's see, we are still a little under budget, but we are working, we are at the rough cut stage and it's very good that we got invitation to the rough cut screening at Amsterdam. Vlad, thank you very much. We are looking forward to see all your films. I hope that the situation in Russia is not not getting worse and you don't have to add the name on your name, company name. And uh, But in Russia, it's becoming more like a quality mark. You know, in the <laughs> USSR, we had this uh, quality mark. So I would not mind. Well, in this perspective, then, I don't, yeah. I don't know what to wish. <laughs> you know, more and more very nice people that I like seem to use this mark. So <laughs> why should not I? Thank you no, very no. much for the interview. Thank you 
you very much for your films and uh, yeah, let's wish uh, each other uh, big luck in these crazy times. Thank you. Thank you very much. And of course, with the new film, uh, I am already invited to East European Forum. I am producing next film with Ksenia Ohapkina, a very nice uh, modern director in Russia. And uh, our film is already pre-selected for East European Forum. So I'm happy to keep on my cooperation with Institute of Documentary Film. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vlad. Bye-bye. Sure, sure. Bye-bye. This was Vlad Petkovic for True Story.